Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That one was for testing the mic. Now I say praise the Lord. (laughs) We thank God for this morning and the grace that he has upon us. That he has given us an opportunity again to come together and just listen to what he has to minister to us. I pray that the word of God shall reach each one of us in our point of need. Father, we thank you. We honor thee. Thank you for your people. Thank you for assembling them here. Thank you that you want to speak to them. Father, I am but a vessel in your hands. Use me. If you use the donkey to speak, you can use me, Lord. Father, I pray this morning, this afternoon, let the word come forth in the way of desire to each one of us. Let it meet us at our point of need. In Jesus' name, we are prayed. Amen. Amen. Sometimes, these technical things scare you sometimes. So if you see me focusing my eyes down, probably it's because of the, the light. It's directly. Don't, don't adjust anything. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, I want us just to share on a very, very common thing that we have grown up knowing. But it's good for us to remind ourselves time and again of some things, some truths in the word of God that sometimes when we read the word we continue understanding it in the same way and sometimes some things slip through that you need to focus on again and just reflect over as an individual and see how is this word of God speaking to me? How is it reaching my heart? And what is it telling me in this circumstance in which I am? And so that is why I pray that once you hear the verse that I'm going to say, you don't, oh, that one I heard about it in Sunday school. No. Let's open our eyes and our ears and our inner hearts so that we may receive of God. Let's turn to the book of John, chapter 15. From verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Verse 2. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Verse 3. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. We'll stop there for a while, then we'll pick it up at a later stage. I want us to look at verse 1. Verse 1 talks of two people and it talks of an aspect in our lives. It talks of the vine and Jesus Christ declares, I am the vine and the Father is the gardener. It talks of a relationship. A farmer, sometimes when you see them walk around their crop, especially if it is doing well, you would imagine they have some personal relationship with that crop. Personally, I like roasted maize. I don't know whether you people eat it. So whenever I go home, by the way, let me reveal one of the secrets why I go home every summer. It's because that's the season when the maize is just... Uh, do we call it tussling or what? When it is ready for roasting. My wife used to have problems with me sometimes. Because when we are walking on the street and I see a good maize being roasted, I would say, give me some. And she didn't like it. I, I said, it is going in my stomach, not your stomach. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But one thing I love is when you walk on the shamba and you see the crop healthy and doing well, you feel very good about it. The difference between my home country and Oman is that most of the plants, we don't do much. You put the seed in at the right time, the rains come, all you do is just keep watching and weeding. But Oman has made me to realize what this verse really means. Every tree you see in Oman, somebody looks after it. Every healthy tree. Either very early in the morning or late in the evening, they come and open the tap for the water to go, that tree, the gardener. You enjoy the beauty of the flowers and the whatever they are, because there are people looking after them. And they value that crop. If they would look at them the way I look at whatever crops I grow back at home, this place will be dry. Because I only come, I only plant, probably weed, and then come to harvest. But for them, for the things that we see that are beautifying this city, to continue looking the way they look like, somebody takes a deliberate decision to look after. And there's a budget for it. Praise the Lord. I know those of us who come from farming areas, when you hear there's a budget to look after crops. <laughs> Most of us just expect to have it, just expect to benefit from it. But that's way, what it is. So I want us to look at the vine, then also look at the relationship. I'm more interested in that relationship between the gardener and the vine. Because that defines how we should relate to our father. Jesus Christ is our firstborn brother. Praise the Lord. Some of you are wondering, uh, when did you start calling Jesus Christ your brother? He's the firstborn of God. Praise the Lord. 
to rise from the dead. So we are also going to rise. We will join him. And he has gone to prepare a place for us. So we will be with him where he is. Now, he's teaching us something here. He has likened himself to a vine. Now let's look at the vine. It's a tree. Never mind if you know it or not, but look at the trees there, outside. None of those trees wakes up in the morning and says, I'm tired, where's breakfast? Any? If I hear a tree talk like that, I'll disappear from this country. <laughs> Praise the Lord. They're just there. So one thing they have done, if they ever reason, they have surrendered, fully surrendered to the gardener to take care of them. They are fully submitted to the wishes of the gardener. That's why some of them come and chop them a bit. And they stand, they see the trees looking very nice. And this one is, they chop. And we appreciate the beauty of the trees. Because they are at the mercy of the gardener. But the good thing is, for as long as they continue taking up whatever they are given, we continue enjoying to see what they look like. Jesus is just reminding us in a simple, simple way that you just need to submit in this work with Him. Surrender to Him. Our Father in Heaven is not interested in what you do for Him. I'll qualify that. Praise the Lord. Many of us set out to do something for God in order to be accepted. Many of us are involved in ministry work because we think we are doing God a favor. And so He will reward us because of what we have done. No. No wonder you have problems. Because you are like a tree which is trying to stretch out to get what it wants. Manipulating the gardener. Count it a privilege to be positioned at the gate. Praise the Lord. That tree which is being trimmed near the gate. It's a privilege for it to be there. The gardener would have decided, this one I'm going to put in the backyard. Count it a privilege to be in the backyard because you are not disturbed. Praise the Lord. Any service that we offer to God, if the foundation for it is because we are using it like a fishing net to go, it's a waste of time. Praise the Lord. Because there are many people who do not do anything for God, but He still blesses them. He makes rains fall for those who sin and those who do not Praise the Lord. It's a privilege for us to be in a position where we are benefiting from what God has purposed for us. So what I'm trying to say is this, and I want us to get it very clear. Our work with Christ, our work in God, becomes easy if we learn to surrender. I'll tell you why we have got a problem. The first time I went, somebody attempted to teach me how to swim. That person would have drowned. 
Because I did not trust him. He told me, just lie on the water and relax. But any attempt I was making, the water was coming into my nose. How can I relax on the water? So I, I was struggling to keep myself afloat. I didn't know. The more you struggle, the more you dip yourself in the water. For him, you would lie there and you would see him just. So I said, that's your talent. Keep it up. So I want to make a confession. I don't know how to swim and I'm not regretting. I have a privilege of putting water on my body every day. So if that is the essence of swimming, I've fulfilled it partly in my life. Maybe the day I'll be caught up in a situation, that day things will sort of dust out. Praise the Lord. Brethren, when I look at this verse, I see Christ telling us, I am like a vine in the presence of God. I'm the Son of God. I am God. But I don't count it an issue of struggling because I know whoever I serve will provide. He's reliable enough to take me through this journey. He's dependable enough to take charge of the affairs of my life. So I'm like a vine to him. I wait for him to look after me. It's time for us to begin to rethink the way we have been engaging God and begin to say, Lord, I want to trust in you. I want you to be my God. Praise the Lord. He has surrendered all affairs relating to him to the Father, like the vine. If we look at Matthew 6, Let's start from verse 25. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in bands. For your heavenly Father feeds them, and aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Reflect over that question. Verse 27. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? How many hours have we spent in the night worrying about our future. Planning in our mind how to change the things, some of the things that we think of changing are beyond us. But we still don't fail to engage ourselves in planning to change them. Many hours are spent. There were times, sometimes I would wake up very 
deep in the night because of an issue. And I would sit thinking, sorting it out in my mind, in my mind. Then at around five, I sleep a bit and I wake up. And the thing is still facing me. And I found it was of no use. It wasn't changing anything. Instead, my health began to deteriorate. Praise the Lord. But had I known, I have a Father in heaven. And Jesus is the one who is speaking in Matthew also. So he's just repeating the same thing, telling us, why do you people worry so much? Don't you trust me enough? Don't you trust God enough to take care of the situations you are going through? Just hard prayer items being mentioned here. If your company decides to suck you, did you put up that company? Before you came to Oman, did you know it exists? So the same God who enabled you to get that company, how many companies can he cause to call for your services? Many. Praise the Lord. I'm not saying that you just walk away laughing. I'm a human being also. And I know the first time such information comes, it hits all of us. But I'm saying, worrying is not going to sort out the issue. We need to engage the gardener, the owner of jobs. We need to engage him again and begin to listen to whatever he's ministering to us and say, Father, this is where I am. It's becoming hot. It's becoming dry in the ground. Supply me with some water. When those people walk around and they see a tree kind of showing signs like it's drying up, they take immediate action. Praise the Lord. Probably the tap around it has not been giving water, so they open and within a short time it starts blossoming again. Our Father is more intelligent and more concerned about us than the gardeners we see in the world here. One thing I like about God, and especially the teachings of Jesus Christ, He used examples that you can relate to in those days, in the days of our youth, now, and in the days to come. So you have no excuse to say, okay, plants were there, those that century are not there now. They're still there, we can see them. Praise the Lord. I'm challenging all of us as a body of Christ. Can we learn from Christ? He's telling us, as a son, he has been obedient to the Father. He has waited for him to meet his needs. As a vine, he depends on the gardener. That's verse 1. Praise the Lord. So somebody's wondering if he's going to finish all these verses, what time are we going to leave this place? Don't worry. We'll eat what we can now. And then leave. Praise the Lord. So as we continue to read that verse, and it says, And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make 
their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So brethren, let's be challenged. God knows what we are going through. God understands where we are. All we need to remember is that we are in His presence. The reason why we have got to remind ourselves of this truth is that the devil finds us when we are at our most vulnerable point in life. Because our hope has been on this job. Many people in our family depend on it. And so the first thing he says, how are you going to make it? How are you going to support so and so? How are you going to do this and this? And those thoughts can be overwhelming. You remember Job? You remember him? You remember the tactic the devil used? Every report that was coming, there was nothing positive. I was in this place with your children and this has happened. I, only I have survived. I was in the field and all the animals have been struck and only I have survived. And all those reports were coming. If Job would have turned and began to look at the problems, he would be finished. But I thank God for the wisdom he gave him. With the eyes of faith he realized, I can be a vine. I can be part of the vine. And the father who is the gardener will take care of me. He said, empty handed did I come. Empty handed will I go. Praise the Lord. And by so declaring, he was actually asserting the fact that father, you gave, and you can also give again. Praise the Lord. You have provided for me. You can also provide in this circumstance. I want to encourage each one of us who is facing a challenge in our lives, for one reason or another, that if we understand that being in God, we are more than well taken care of, we will live a healthy life. Sometimes we are spending so much on our health because of our worries. I'm speaking to you what I've experienced. Sometimes you worry until you find strange headaches. I cannot explain that when I leave the experts to explain. Maybe because the brain is in the head so you start having headaches. But at the end of the day, it continues and there's nothing, no solution. Then you find the rest of the body now giving in here and there, here and there. Don't allow the devil to push you that way. Praise the Lord. Don't allow the enemy to push you that way. We have got a father we can go to and he will take care of every situation. I want us to go further in that same chapter. We talked in verse 2. It says, He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. So another thing we come to realize is as we, have, we become branches, because he has, further down he has said we are the branches in the vine, we are part of that vine. Praise the Lord. 
we are part of that vine. And whatever pruning that takes place in our life, I've, I've shared this before. If trees were to speak, if fruit trees were supposed were to give their feelings, many of us would not be eating fruits. Because sometimes you prune them so that you leave the new... I don't know what this... Please, don't correct me now. I'm on the pulpit. <laughs> I don't know that the pruning is to redirect the nutrients into the fruit so that it becomes bigger and sweeter. I don't know. But please, go and do research. We will meet next time. But they are taken well care of. Grapes, you will find some... They look neat. In fact, you just admire looking at the plantations. If they are well taken care of, then you will find the fruit is good. Praise the Lord. Tea leaves. I know people from Sri Lanka and India and Kenya, you are familiar with this. Those trees, after some time, you find they've chopped them. They look brown. Then later they sprout out very good, small, tiny leaves, which give quality tea. The small pains, experiences you are having as a child of God, count it joy. Count it joy. That experience is important in your life as a child of God. It's not that God has abandoned you. It's because you have got to endure that in order for the quality of your life to improve. Churches which are in places where persecution is taking place. Yes, the people will be few. But the kind of fellowship that goes there is of higher quality than where there are masses. Praise the Lord. It's good to say we have a big church. But when persecution comes in, then you will begin to realize a proper sieve has come You'll find people disappear. Oh, it's too much work. It's, this, uh, it's a long distance to come. And all those excuses will come in. Only those who have purpose in their spirit to be here will be coming. And you'll find even the level, the lifestyle will change among those ones. But do we have to wait for persecutions to come to improve our quality? Do we? We are being challenged to know what we need to do. Praise the Lord. The small experiences that we go through, God is just calling you to attention. Can you develop a closer relationship with me? If you find a tree out there and you want a stick from it, do you go on the trunk and start cutting the whole trunk because you want a small stick? You go to the extreme end where it is weak. Praise the Lord. So as a branch, I want to give you a secret here. I know you can't move yourself, but choose to make yourself to be closer, the one attached to the vine. Praise the Lord. The closer you come to the vine, the more you look like the vine. If you look at the branch, at the extreme end, it's more greenish. But at the trunk, usually it looks like the color of the trunk itself. I'm a good scientist. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
So the closer you are to Christ, the more you look like Him. And the less temptation for the enemy to come and strike you because he knows he's moving closer to the fire. He would rather deal with those who are on the extreme end. I don't want to be on the extreme end. Choose not to be there. Praise the Lord. This vine that we have been told, we want to be next to the trunk. Praise the Lord. Did you know, most of the problems that we have in the family, place of work, in the church, it's because we are very far from the branch, from the, from the trunk. The more a husband and a wife move closer to God, the less friction there is. Because their focus is to be close to Christ, not the weaknesses of the other person. But because we are far, we want to know how is that one hanging? Me, I'm hanging up high, they can't reach me. We start comparing so many things. I want you to see yourself. The more you move to Christ, the more you focus more, moving, being drawn closer to God, the less you have attention for other things going around you. You begin to see less of the problems in people, but you see yourself. The small problems in you, you start cleansing them even more because you are moving closer to the master, where there is purity. I want you to ask yourself, should you be having a challenge with your children? How close are you to Christ? Should you be having a challenge with your husband? How close are you to Christ? Should you be having a challenge with your wife? How close are you to Christ? Begin to address that aspect. Choose to be the branch that moves away, begins to branch off from the tree, closer, the part which is closer to the tree. And you will be safe. Praise the Lord. You will find your life more easy to deal with. Less prone to risks because you are close to that tree. Praise the Lord. So do you count yourself a blessing at home? Do you count yourself a blessing to your neighbors? Do you count yourself a blessing at your place of work? That's a question for you to reflect over as an individual. Should there be some challenges, we don't want to know, but you can go to the Father and begin to address them. Praise the Lord. And before long, you will find those things fading away in your life. Before long, you will find yourself being more stable in your faith than you have been before. I have experienced it. I'm not speaking to you because I have dropped from heaven. I have known the days that I have focused more on people, how my life has been. I have known the days that I have focused more to God, how easy life has been. Some of the things that the devil magnifies in your eyes to appear to be so bad, they are very tiny things. Very tiny but because he knows your attention will now be drawn away from God, he blows them up. You see what has happened. This is terrible. We ought not to pay attention to what the devil is telling us. Let's be in the vine. The gardener will take care of everything around us. Praise the Lord.
the gardener will take care of everything around us. We are on verse 2, eh? Praise the Lord. We are not doing badly. Verse 3, you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Now verse 3 talks about washing. Let's go to John 13. Verse 3 to 10. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel. He had wrapped around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. Verse 8. No, Peter protested, you will never ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, Unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Now that's a very hard one. Unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Verse 9. Simon Peter exclaimed, Then wash my hands and head as well. Lord, not just my feet. And verse 10 Jesus says, A person who has bed all over does not need to wash, except for the feet. To be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean. But not all of you. Now. In this world that we walk. As Christians. The truth is that we are born again. But in the process of living in this world. Moving around. We gather the dust of sin. On our feet. Praise the Lord. It doesn't mean that we are so dirty. But this dust that is gathering on our feet is not desirable in the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. And that is why Jesus Christ has got to wash that dust on a daily basis. Our feet have got to be washed that we may remain clean. And why are we remaining clean? Because the Bible says so that we may remain in the vine. So that we may remain in the vine. Now, the fact that you are going through some difficult moments, it doesn't mean that God has abandoned you. All you need to do is to wash little dust from your life and allow yourself to go back and fit in the vine. Praise the Lord. Move closer to the vine. The dust of discouragement, the dust of confusion, the dust of hatred, the dust of unforgiveness, the dust of... Uh, all sorts of manner of things that draw us away from God. 
if it continues to accumulate and we refuse that God is not going to wash it from us, then we eventually will not be part of him. That is what Christ was telling Peter. I'm talking about the vine. And I'm saying you are already washed. But you need to be washed your feet because of the dust that you continue to gather on your way as you walk in this path of salvation. Praise the Lord. How many are ready to wash their feet? Ah. You are so many Peters here. How many are ready to wash their feet? You want God to wash your feet so that the dust of sin is away and you are ready again to feed in the vine. I am ready and I believe it should be our desire every day because we don't know where the dust is coming from. Have you noticed your TV set? Bread of life, they don't watch TV. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'll confess me, I watch. <laughs> but sometimes, your wife keeps the house clean, everything is clean. One day you come on that screen, you look at it. If you put your finger there, you see a, a line. Where did this dust come from? This house is always clean. Such is, are the devices of the devil in our lives. Small deposits here and there. Sometimes we forget this. We don't do this. And those deposits keep accumulating in our lives. They keep accumulating in our lives. Eventually you find now this friction which is coming up in relationships. You don't understand where it's coming from. It's because of the small dust that the devil has been throwing in your life. You need to learn the secret. The same way you bathe in the morning, in the evening, and when you walk outside noontime, you come back and shower. Thank God for the constant water supply in Oman. You should learn also to wash your spiritual man every day. Praise the Lord. Keep him clean every moment. The inner man must always be cleansed so that we are always ready to be in the presence of God. And that way we minimize all these problems that we have. Praise the Lord. Learn to draw from God. That's what we are talking about. The more you remain in Him and He remains in you, you actually guarantee that connection between God and you, so that you can draw from Him every other moment you have need of Him to intervene in your life. That should be a daily practice in our lives as children of God. Opening the highway to God every morning, keeping it open until evening, never closing it as you go to sleep, and allowing Him to continue ministering to you every hour. That path must always be open. He's constantly ready to supply you with nutrients in your life. Every hour is ready. Always checking on you to see how well you are doing. But if you continue accumulating dust in the pipe, it will block. God will never have the access into your life. Praise the Lord. So let us learn to be closer to Him every moment and learn to draw from Him. The good thing is that when we abide in the vine, we are able to realize certain things in our lives. 
we are able to be fruitful in our life. Not just in our secular life, but more importantly in our spiritual life. Your Christian life becomes more fruitful. Both to you and to the people around. You know, there are some people, they come to sit close to you, and you just feel joy inside. Other people move, if you have not talked, they, they move into the room where you are, somewhere you feel tension in your life. I'm not saying there's one in this room. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But the spirit of a man communicates to the other spirit. And if your spirits are in unison with God, then you have got a common factor that is uniting you. The reason why we begin to feel uneasy in the presence of one another, there is something that is not aligning. Either one of us or both of us. Praise the Lord. We cannot be aligned to God and then find unnecessary frictions coming in our lives. Never. Because whoever unites us is one. Praise the Lord. So let's be careful of these kind of things because they will make us unfruitful in our lives. The more we are in Him, the more we learn to depend on God, to release ourselves to Him. I have released myself to God. Brother Tony has released himself to God. Now, we are all waiting for Him. I don't know how to explain this. When you are looking for jobs and you all have your certificates in an envelope and you meet at a job bureau, is there anybody who hates the other at that time? It's until one is appointed, then you start feeling bad about him. You feel like it's the one who denied you the job. Never mind that he did not know you are coming. But the truth of the matter is that once you are all both expecting something from one single source, there is a way of you coming together. Because you have got common interests. But if you are expecting from different sources, your attention is in different directions. So I'm saying this, now that we are studying about the family. Praise the Lord. Let us learn that secret. When you find things that don't start, with the person next to you. Start with yourself. Am I, am I focused in the right place? It's my attention to God. Steal some time alone. Investigate, interrogate your own life. And question yourself. You will find, you will begin to see healing coming up. Once you put yourself in the focus. But if you put me there, there's nothing you're correcting about yourself. I may correct myself, but you have not corrected what is in you. So the difference will be there. So husbands and wives, children and parents, let's learn this. Let us draw closer to God. He will unite us in this fight. Praise the Lord. John 11 Some of the benefits of uniting being in the vine, being in the vine, or being enjoined to Him, when we are enjoined to Him, we begin to reap some benefits. If we read uh, John 11, uh, 
25. This is a family that was very close to Jesus, but they had never discovered something. That this was actually the resurrection. When they were talking to Jesus, they were talking to the resurrection. They were talking to life. They were talking to the way. They were talking to the truth. Are you getting me? Now, their situation, there's a brother who is dead. What was their immediate interest? They wished the brother had not died. So what they wanted was life. What they wanted was life. And for somebody who is already dead, to get life, he must, the process is called class. The process is called again, again. You know I miss those days. Praise the Lord. That's when learning was really going on. When you are told again and again and again until the whole thing sinks into your head. Praise the Lord. What these people needed was resurrection. I don't know what kind of resurrection you need in your life. You have related to God all this time. Jesus has been with you. But have you realized He's the solution to you? He's the truth to that problem that you're having. Once you begin to perceive Him as the solution, then you will begin to see it is important, it's good, it's blessed to be in the vine. Because you are working with the solution to your problem. Praise the Lord. But many of us are like Martha and Mary. And we may continue being that way for a very long time. Unless we begin to deliberately focus to understand this Christ. He just wants me to release myself to him and let him sort out other things. These people had been weeping all through four days and above, waiting for some solution, for some miraculous thing to happen. And probably... Judging from the response they had, it means they were kind of bitter, the two ladies. Jesus, you have always been doing this, but why did he fail to come? Because the moment he came, he said, if you had been here, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. So it means deep within them, they knew he has a solution. The only problem is that they limited his scope of operation. They thought he must be there when they see some life. But he says, I am the resurrection. I am the solution to your problem this morning. That's what Jesus is telling you. I am the solution to the problem that you are having in your life. If only you abide and remain in me, you will have the solution. Jesus Christ desires to minister to you. If you begin looking for solutions elsewhere, you will miss out completely. You will be like a branch which is trying to digress outside there. And so you will not get your solution. A few weeks back, pastor was teaching us about the churches in the book of Revelation. And if we read verse 6, John chapter 15 verse 6, it says, Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless, like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. So when we refuse to be branches in Christ, we invite certain consequences. We invite consequences in our lives. 
and he has just put it very graphically that it is cut and left wither and destroyed. If you look at Revelation 2.16 Revelation chapter 2 verse 16 that's to the church of Pagan says Repent of your sins or I will come to you suddenly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Do we remember that? When Pastor was teaching about it? Okay. Remember there was a whole session that we took in the home cell on those churches? Do you remember? I wish we had the examinations at the end of every year. And we are, being, we are linking this with verse 6. It says, if you don't abide in him, you stand the danger of being chopped off and burned out there. Because you are of no use. But remember, the branch does not come into negotiation with the tree to say, now I want to give fruits. No. It happens, as long as it abides, automatically the fruits come. Praise the Lord. That's the beauty of being in the vine. You don't have to plan when the fruits come. You only have to abide and remain obedient. And somehow, spontaneously, the things will start generating in your life. That's the beauty of it. But the danger of being outside is that you are quickly noticed. If you see a tree, a mango tree, the mangoes in Kerala are about to arrive here in full force. I, I'm, I'm, one day I'll be in Kerala, I know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm sure if somebody saw a mango tree and all the other branches had mangoes hanging and only one branch was there with good leaves but there's no mango tree. The first season he may excuse. The second season there will be a power source. Of the locals here with the Zanzibari extract usually tell their children kukula kama simba kazi kama kuku you want to know what that means? when they are annoyed with their children you are eating like a lion but your work is like that of a chicken <laughs> The first time I heard that, I didn't laugh because I was talking to them and <laughs> the, the mother got annoyed and she started telling the son, you are eating like a lion, but the job, what you are doing is like that of a chicken. That's the branch. The tree does not discriminate, it keeps supplying all of them. But this one is benefiting but not giving any fruit. So the owner decides, uh, let me give all the others the rest of the food. Let us not run into that risk. Praise the Lord. The fruit is not your decision. It is the decision of the season and the tree. Once it supplies you with the nutrients, automatically the fruits come. So don't bother the, about the fruit. Just bother about abiding. Allow yourself to be washed of the dust. And remain in the vine. And the others will be automatic. Praise the Lord. Revelations 
uh, 2.22 also. Just reinforce that verse. Therefore, I will throw her on a bed of suffering. And those who commit adultery with her will suffer. Greatly, unless they repent and turn away from her evil deeds. That's the spirit of Jezebel that was being talked about in this church of Theatira. So those two verses just tell us, we just connect with what is in verse 6. It says, you stand the risk if you don't abide. It's an easy thing for you to allow yourself to abide in Him. Benefits of having this special relationship with God. The benefits of having this special relationship with God. Verse 7 says, If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done to you. What does your version say? This one uses the word whatever. This one says, But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted to you. Can you say whatever? Anything. Now think of anything. Or think of whatever. That's how generous this relationship is. He's telling you if you abide in me and I abide in you. Allow the Father to be the gardener of this life. You have got a blank check in your life. You can ask for whatever you want and it will be given to you. Now let's go to Mark eleven twenty four. Are we there? The New Living Translation says, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you have received it, it will be yours. What is your Bible saying? Maybe this one I wrote in my house in Alhuel. Anything. I know you have the same problem like me. You have never reflected over this. Like this. You have never imagined anything. But these verses must be tied with another one which says, according to the will, his will. Okay? So first, you cannot know this will unless you abide in him. Now, if you know his will, anything listed in that will, do you know will? Why do you ask of the will of God? <laughs> A will is always written, isn't it? So we have got a will here. It's so elaborate. It's so elaborate. Detail. No lawyer can ever come against what is written here. So once you go there and you realize promotion comes from the Father, then you say, God, is this, is this your word? Okay, you go with that will and ask in prayer. And then we do what? You believe. You believe. And then it becomes yours. But I'm not saying you start fighting people. You don't foolishly walk into an office and say, I've been praying for this place, it's mine now. No. <laughs> You'll be sacked. 
Praise the Lord. You'll be sacked. But believe in your heart that God is up to good things in your life and He'll cause them to come to pass. Praise the Lord. Anything. Anything. I uh, think it's 15.6 also. 15.16. This is John. You did not choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. So that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Now I'm asking you. If your father, your physical father, biological father on earth here. If he tells you something three times. What does that mean? Some of you grew up in very good homes. So you don't understand what I'm talking about. If, <laughs> if your father told you, move from here, go out. After two minutes, I'm telling you, move from here, go out. The third time, he says, <laughs> you know how you'll fly through the door. It means he's serious about what he's telling you. He means what he's telling you. It's for purpose of reinforcing, I am telling you this. So God is telling us, if we abide in, in the vine, in Him, we have got the possibility of accessing those things that seem to be far away from us. We have been given a clear authority to go for those things by the owner himself. Praise the Lord. And it can be so good. There's something about love that he has talked about that verse. And I just wanted to, to say. You know, in this world, we have got... Uh, I'm about to finish. When I was growing up, I grew up on uh, public medical programs. We benefited from them. They were very, very effective. But we used to hear of people say that uh, our family doctor. <laughs> I used to wonder, what is this? These people have employed a doctor in their house. <laughs> so I was wondering, how? And others would talk about, my lawyer, my lawyer. Say, ah, these people must be very rich. You can employ a lawyer, you employ a doctor to attend to you. It used to bother me. I didn't know they were just using the same doctors we were using in the public sector. <laughs> it's only that we had not realized to build a good relationship with these doctors so that they become so attached to us as a family. We benefited from the public way of approaching them. So they took us as public. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You can retain God as your personal gardener. As your father. The lawyer says, I retain a fee. He doesn't charge any fee. He just wants to be there. And see your love for him. And he will minister to you in every way. God bless you so much. Were you truly blessed by the word of God this afternoon?
Can we just give a thank offering to, to God? I'm, I'm just looking at the hands that are not giving a thank offering. That's all. Turn with me to John chapter 15 verses 23 and 24. And I shall read parts of it. Jesus answered and said to them, in verse 23, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. In verse 24, He who does not love me, does not keep my words. Shall we just stand as we bring the service to a close? And I want us to reflect over the next two minutes on the words that you have heard right now. Over the last 40, 45, 50 minutes, the word of God that ministered to you. Just think about it. Do you love God? So if you do say, yes, I love God, You need to obey Him. So as you think of what you have heard over the last 40 minutes, ask yourself these things. Are you fully surrendered to the gardener? Fully surrendered. Don't war with God. Don't fight with Him. Just trust in Him. Don't trust in horses, chariots or anybody else. Just trust in God. You heard the word, just engage the gardener. Just engage God. Number two. Are you being periodically pruned by the gardener? And as you are pruned, if you are being pruned, draw closer to Christ. And as you draw closer to Christ, you are safer from the devil. Number three, are you being daily cleansed by the gardener? Just think about what is the dust that has covered you today, yesterday. Has the word of God cleansed your mind today? What about yesterday? Plan on using the word of God to cleanse your mind daily. Number four, are you limiting the scope of the gardener? Is there any problem that you are carrying that Christ cannot solve? Don't limit him. Take it to him. That's what he said. Abide in me. Don't limit Christ. 
don't limit God. There is nothing that He cannot do for you when you abide in Him. And finally, think about this. Are you producing the fruit that the gardener expects you to produce? Every branch that does not bear fruit is cut and cast away. So are you bearing the fruit that the gardener expects of you? Church, talk to God right now. Just thank Him that He's told you the what you just need to do. Just abide in Him. That's all He has said. Just abide in Him. Trust in Him completely. Father, we thank you for these words that we heard this day, Lord. Powerful, awesome words, Lord Father. That just draws us so close to you, Lord. But Father God, we just don't want to draw close to you once in a while, Lord. We want to be with you, Lord Father. We want to draw our sustenance from you, Lord Father. We want to have our hope in you, Lord Father. We just want to be so close to you, Lord Father, that the winds around us, the storms around us, does not do any harm to us, Lord. Father God, we just want to abide in you. And as we abide in you, we want to do what you want us to do, Lord Father. We want to be obedient to your word. That which you have instructed us, we want to do. And we want to bear fruit for you, Lord. That's what we want to do, Lord. And Father God, accept us for who we are, Lord. Prune us, Father, where we need pruning. Correct us, discipline us, Lord Father. So that indeed we will bear fruit for you, Lord. Indeed we shall not be cast away. Make us fruitful branches, Lord, abiding in the wine. Thank you, Father, for what we have heard. And I pray, Lord, that what we have heard over the last 45 minutes, Lord Father, will indeed take root, Lord Father, and indeed will bring us closer to you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your servant whom you have used this day, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that you will continue to plant in him, Lord, your words of wisdom, Lord, that he can bring them across to us in ways that we can understand them so clearly, Lord. Father, we thank you for our dear brother and his family, Lord, and we pray, Lord, that you will continue to bless them and meet them at their points of need. Anoint him and use him mightily in this place, Lord. Thank you, Father, for every one of us gathered here, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you will continue to speak to us. You will continue to Send your sap through us, Lord Father, so that we will bear fruit for you, Lord. All glory be yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. 
and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.